<clears throat> this is day six of this September 2022 seven-day session. And uh, today we'll take up a koan. This is from the Blue Cliff Record, the Hekegan Roku, number 53 for the record. And uh, it's, it's called Hyakujo and the Wild Duck. Here's how it goes. Once when Baso was out walking with his disciple, Hyakujo, he saw a wild duck fly past. Baso said, What is it? Hyakujo replied, It's a wild duck. Basso said, Where has it gone? Hyakujo said, It has flown away. Basso then twisted Hyakujo's nose. Hyakujo cried out in pain. Basso said, Has it indeed flown away? These uh, are two of the most this legendary of the uh, Chinese Zen masters, the Chan masters, early ones. Um, Mazu. I always, the, the little factoid I always remember about him is that uh, he had 139 enlightened disciples. Each one became a Zen master in his own right. They're both of the uh, 8th century. And there's some details about uh, the provinces where, <clears throat> where uh, Mazu, his home province and others that he went to, Mazu went to the fifth ancestor, fifth patriarch, uh, and there he received ordination as a Buddhist monk. <clears throat> Later he settled on a mountain, Mount Nong Hung, and uh, trained under a great master there, Nan Wei. And after 10 years of training, he received Dharma transmission and then proceeded to travel the length and breadth of China, perfecting his understanding of the Dharma. And this was not by train, it wasn't even by horse, he's walking. Eventually, uh, he settled down and monks from every quarter came to train with him. I'm reading, uh, as usual, from 
Zen's Chinese Heritage by Andy Ferguson. <clears throat> Unlike some other Zen masters of his time, Mazu did not leave an extensive written record of his teachings. Instead, we know him largely from imaginative legends that reflect the awesome sense of presence that he conveyed. What? He wrote, he wrote no books? Huh. <clears throat> and I guess uh, here this gets borders on legends. Uh, his appearance was most unusual. He strode like an ox and glared like a tiger. His extended tongue covered his nose. On the soles of his feet, his veins formed two circles. Be seen as ensos, the calligraphic design uh, in Zen, signifying our true mind, perfection. I'm skipping some material here that I don't think is useful to read. The sixth ancestor, Wei Nong, uh, said, Hereafter, from the area to which you will go, a horse will come forth and trample everyone in the world to death. And then he came to be known as, that Ma means horse, this master Ma. <clears throat> and then we just skips right to the teachings of this Ma Zhu. By the way, his uh, Japanese name is Baso. One day, Matsu addressed the congregation of monks. All of you here, believe that your own mind is Buddha. This very mind is Buddha mind. When Bodhidharma came from India to China, he transmitted the supreme vehicle teaching of the supreme vehicle teaching of one mind, allowing people like you to attain awakening. Moreover, he brought with him the text of the Lankavatara Sutra, using it as the seal of the mind ground of sentient beings. He feared that your views would be inverted and you wouldn't believe in the teaching of this mind that each and every one of you possesses. Therefore, Bodhidharma brought the Lankavatara Sutra which offers the Buddha's words that mind is the essence and that there is no gate by which to enter Dharma. Mind is the essence. Of course, he's not talking about what we in the West typically referred to as our mind centered in our head that performs all of these 
uh, discriminating functions. You who seek Dharma should seek nothing. Apart from mind, there is no other Buddha. Apart from Buddha, there is no other mind. You know, sometimes uh, we translate Buddha as enlightenment. It can be understood as awareness or enlightened awareness. Originally enlightened awareness. Apart from a mind, there is no other originally enlightened awareness. Apart from originally enlightened awareness, there is no other mind. In other words, there aren't two minds. There isn't really mind with a capital M and mind with a small m. It's just mind, mind. Illimitable. Do not grasp what is good nor reject what is bad. Don't lean toward either purity or pollution. Arrive at the empty nature of transgressions, that nothing is attained through continuous thoughts, and that because there is no self-nature, the three worlds are only mind. The empty nature of transgressions. This is what has got so many teachers and others, Zen teachers and others, into trouble, having seen the fundamental emptiness of the precepts, the emptiness of morality itself, uh, ignore that, yes, form is only emptiness, but emptiness is also only form. It's all too easy after even just a small awakening, one can uh, justify ignoring the precepts. This has been the ruin of many. Truth is, they are empty. They're, They're mental constructs. They're different from culture to culture, the precepts, ethical behavior, misconduct, but we are, in whatever culture we find ourselves, they have consequences, whether we uh, break the precepts or not. Uh, the essential nature of a, of a car is also empty, as it is our own essential nature, but if we step out in front of a car, Uh, we uh, are injured. He says, nothing is attained through continuous thoughts.
or our master yesterday, Fayen, uh, it does not come from thought. The myriad forms of the entire universe are the seal of the single Dharma. Whatever forms are seen are but the perception of mind. But mind is not independently existent. It is codependent with form. Here he's uh, equating, right now he's equating mind with this realm of uh, formlessness, emptiness. It it co-arises with form. You should speak appropriately about the affairs of your own life, for each matter you encounter constitutes the meaning of your existence and your actions are without hindrance. The fruit of the Bodhisattva way is just thus, born of mind, taking names to be forms. Because of the knowledge of the emptiness of forms, birth is non-birth. Comprehending this, one acts in the fashion of one's time, just wearing clothes, eating food, constantly upholding the practices of a bodhisattva, and passing time according to circumstances. That uh, phrase, uh, one acts in the fashion of one's own times, so right? Just saying, uh, we, we don't uh, flaunt. Uh, what is uh, culturally um, appropriate. Here's a beauty short. A monk asked Mazu, What is the essential meaning of Buddhism? Mazu said, What is the meaning of this moment? This word Buddhism was... uh, concocted by a a Western, I think he was a missionary who went to to, uh, Asia and saw these Buddha figures and and saw that there was some kind of religion going on there. And so he, not knowing how to refer to it, he referred to it as Buddhism. I say, it's the Dharma, the truth. The way, the moment, this. Here's one involving the layman Pong, 
uh, who's in Zen history is considered one of the three great greatest enlightened of the non-monks, the lay people. Layman Pong asked Mazu, would the master please give your esteemed view of the clear-eyed ancestors? Matsu looked down. Layman Pong said, Other teachers can't play the lute, only the master does it so sublimely. I assume he's speaking in metaphor here. Matsu then looked up. Layman Pong bowed. Matsu then returned to the abbot's room. Layman Pong followed him, saying, Just now something skillful turned awkward. Layman Pong also asked, Although water has no muscle or bone, it supports 10,000-pound ships. What is the principle this displays? Manzu said, Here there is neither water nor boat. How can you speak of muscle and bone? I think of this analogy, uh, I haven't read it exactly in these terms, but I think of it uh, in Sashin as we see uh, the tide rise as the days go on. And uh, it's this power of mind to bear anything. It's, a, it's this, this inexorable force of a rising tide that can lift even a, an aircraft carrier, to put it in modern terms. One evening, uh, Mazu's three principal disciples uh, were out with him uh, viewing the moon. And uh, Mazu asked them, at just this moment, what is it? Um, the first one, Shidang, said, perfect support. The second one, Baijang, that's Hyakujo in our koan today, by Zhang said, perfect practice. And then the third one, Nanshuan, just shook his sleeves and walked away. Mazu said, a sutra enters the Buddhist canon. Zen returns to the sea. Only Nanshuan has gone beyond things. Certainly, went beyond words. Baijang asked, what is the essential import of the school, that is, of Zen? 
Matsu said, It's just the place where you let go of your body and life. Your life of thoughts that sustains this illusion of a self. Sustains the illusion of separateness. Another time, Mazu asked Bai Zhang, again, these are the say these are the two guys in today's koan. Mazu asked Bai Zhang, What teaching do you offer people? Bai Zhang, the disciple, held his whisk up straight. They had a, a fly whisk that they used, the masters of old used uh, in their teachings. Bai Zhang held his whisk up straight. Mazu said, Just this? Nothing more? Bai Zhang threw down the whisk. A monk asked, how can one gain accordance with the way? Mazu said, I've never gained accordance with it. Emphasis on the word gain. The monk asked, what is the essential meaning of Zen? Mazu struck him and said, if I didn't hit you, I'd be laughed at from every direction. Um, I wish so much I could uh, be there for these. This is such such um, minimal information we're getting with just these words of text, these uh, lines of text. I've uh, sometimes thought if I could... uh, find a time machine uh, I think this is where I'd want to go back to the Tang dynasty and now a certain government official a magistrate Lian asked Mazu should one drink wine and eat meat or not he would have known that this is this is a basic Buddhist precept not to uh, not to drink alcohol or eat meat. And uh, Master Ma said, "If you consume wine and meat, it is your privilege. If you don't consume wine and meat, it is your bliss." In the first month of the year 788, it probably would be uh, in the old the Chinese calendar, would be February of 788, 
the master climbed Shimmen Mountain in Jianchang. There, as he was walking in the woods, he saw a flat spot in a cave and said to his attendant, This ruined old body of mine will return to the ground next month. These words came to pass. He subsequently became ill. The temple director asked him, How has the master's honored condition been lately? To which Mazu said, Sun-faced Buddha, moon-faced Buddha. That's a, a koan uh, itself in the same collection, the Blue Cliff Record. And he died, sitting in a cross-legged position, they say. That uh, phrase, this ruined old body of mine, uh, resonates in a way it it didn't when I was uh, here in Sashin working on Mu. And now, uh, the second great monk and master in this koan, uh, Bai Zhang, Hai Hyakujo. All right, I'm going to try to remember to substitute the uh, Chinese um, in, these, in this koan. Uh, so the master is Ma Zhu, and the disciple is Bai Zhang, rather than Hyakujo. Uh, Bai Zhang uh, took his vows as a monk under in the Vinaya school, under a Vinaya master. That's a uh, school that, uh, it's not Zen, it's a school that uh, you work to master the precepts, uh, master uh, purity of conduct. He was brilliant and learned as a young man. And that, and then he went on to study under to train under Mazu. He was uh, Bai Zhang was one of the three most illustrious disciples of Ma Mazu. Bai Zhang, we read here from Zen's Chinese heritage really brought uh, Chan, Zen, uh, to earth. Uh, He writes here, the author writes here, that a a physical body, he taught that overemphasis on mind as kind of this, and the, the emptiness side of things, while degrading the role of body, leads to unethical behavior and nihilism. Here, Buddhism's emphasis on the middle way takes complete form in a tradition too susceptible previously to philosophical idealism and metaphysics. Yeah, the Chinese really brought it to ground. Uh, and that is, you see too in uh, how 
Baijiang became famous for uh, having um, come up with the monastic rules and regulations. He established the so-called pure rules for Zen monasteries and brought Zen's unruly iconoclasm under greater control. These rules also reinforced the independence of Zen as a religious movement and uh, forestalled the tradition's absorption into China's imperial religious establishment. The pure rules were part of the process of redefining Buddhist ethics so that the religion could survive independently in China. The, new, the rules also provide evidence, <coughs> evidence of the substantial changes that China needed to make to the tradition, that is, to make it their own, make it uh, a Chinese tradition, uh, pull it free of uh, Indian culture. Now monks who left the world could survive through their own labor and not just through contributions from the lay community. This is, uh, sounds quite similar to what we read, but not quite, so I'll read it. Uh, on one occasion, Bai Zhang was in attendance uh, to Ma Zhu. Uh, he saw the abbot's whisk sitting on its stand and said, if someone uses this, can they also not use it? Ma Zhu said, in the future, if you travel to some other place, how will you help people? And there, Bai Zhang picked up the whisk, held it upright, Baizu said, if you use it this way, what other way can it be used? Baijang placed the whisk back on its stand, at which Mazu suddenly let out an earth-shaking shout so loud that Baijang was deaf for three days. Zhang said to him, "In the future, will you carry on Mazu's? Oh, this is Ma, this is Wangbo. Sorry." A monk asked Bai Zhang, "How can a person gain freedom?" 
Baijiang said, if you attain it at this moment, then you've attained it. If you can instantly cut off the emotions of the self, the five desires and winds of attachment, the greed and covetousness, the pollution and purity, that is to say, all delusive thoughts, then you'll be like the sun and moon hanging in space, purely shining. The mind like wood and stone, thoughts spared from worldly entrapments, like a great elephant crossing a river, engulfed in the rapids, but taking no missteps. Heaven and hell can't pull in such a person. When that person reads a sutra or observes a teaching, the words return to the person. The person knows that all teachings with words are only a reflection of the immediacy of self-nature and are just meant to guide you. Such teachings don't penetrate the revolving realms of existence and non-existence. Only diamond wisdom penetrates the revolving realms of existence and non-existence and thus constitutes complete independent freedom. In other words, teaching beyond words and concepts. Here's an important one, very momentous one. Uh, Zen Master Bai Zhang entered the hall to give a lecture to the monks. When the monks had assembled, he suddenly leaped off of the Dharma seat and drove them from the hall with his staff. Just as they were running out of the hall, he called to them. When they turned around, he said, What is it? And then the story about uh, him and uh, manual labor. In the everyday work of the monastery, Bai Zhang always was foremost among the assembly at undertaking the tasks of the day. The monks in charge of the work were concerned about the master. This is when he was very, very old. They hid his tools and asked him to rest. Bai Zhang said, I am unworthy. How can I allow others to work in my behalf? So they, they hid his tools, and he looked everywhere for them, but was unable to find them. He even forgot to eat while looking for his tools. And thus came the phrase, a day without working is a day without eating. Very famous Zen phrase. All right, now finally we'll get to the koan. It is a short one. Once when Mazu was out walking with his disciple Bai Zhang, he saw a wild duck fly past. And uh, Mazu sees an opportunity for teaching, and he turns to 
Bai Zhang and says, what is it? Test number one. Bai Zhang replied, it is a wild duck. Oh, good, conventional, correct answer from that perspective. So Mazu, feeling indulgent, thought he'd give him another shot. So he said, where has it gone? To which Bai Zhang said, it has flown away. The key thing here is the, is the it. What is it? What is this? So Mazu then twisted Hyakujo's nose, or uh, Baijang's nose. Baijang cried out in pain, and to which Mazu said, Has it really flown away? This it? In, in, the, in one of these books, I read that this was the first recorded instance of a Zen master um, using pain as a way to awaken the mind of a disciple. Of course, pain brings us back to the physical, gets us out of our thoughts and concepts. At its best, it has that potential. Of course, Matsu is asking about really the essence. And he knows that mind is the essence. He knows, too, as we read earlier, that whatever forms are seen, duck, trees, moon, sparrows, are but the perception of mind. Back to a name and form, which we talked earlier in Sashin about name and form. We have all these different shapes and forms of objects. We give them different names, and then we become convinced that they're separate. We also uh, come to believe that space is also fragmented, and time. So you see, this answer of Bai Zhang's, it's flown away. It's like saying... Time has passed. Well, hang on. What is time, anyway? How could time pass? It's just a concept. We know that, well, we can be reasonably sure that animals don't think of time at all, much less that it's past. Just this. Now. Ouch. In the affirming faith in mind, we say, 
make movement rest and nothing moves. Seeing into the essential nature of things is to see that there is no this or that. There's no change from that perspective. It's not coming or going. In fact, we, we, we said this in the uh, Hakuman chant, uh, our form now being no form in coming and going, we never leave home. It really goes right to the heart of this koan. Our form now being form, uh, seeing form as formlessness, then we also realize that there's ultimately there's no coming or going. We are always here now. The only space is this. The only time is this now. This, this is just uh, uh, Madzu's uh, efforts at helping, sh- trying to shake Bai Zhang out of this, just this, this half view of things. In, uh, in, in Japan, in Japanese Zen, they sometimes talk about a, a plank-carrying person. Uh, the idea is that if you're carrying a plank on your shoulder, on the one shoulder, uh, you can't see except in one direction. You can only see on one side. So, Baijong starts off as a plank-carrying person as he's walking along there. And he just sees, what he sees is a wild duck. Okay, we got the name down, a wild duck. There's more to the story. The koan just takes part of the story. And uh, after, after Mazu twists his nose, by John cries out in pain, uh, he came to awakening. And then he went to the, back to the attendance room, and by John was crying loudly. One of the other attendants, it sounds like there's a whole stable of attendants at these huge monasteries. One of the other attendants asked by Zhang, are you homesick? So beautiful. You know, that would be his first question. It, it humanizes these monks. They got homesick. They never saw their parents. Bai Zhang said, no. The attendant said, did someone curse at you? Bai Zhang said, no. The attendant said, then why are you crying? Baijang said, Master Ma twisted my nose so hard that the pain was unbearable. The attendant said, what did you do that offended him? 
as if that's why he did it, because he was offended. Bai Zhang said, uh, you go ask him. <laughs> so the attendant, that other attendant, went to Matsu and said, what, what did attendant Bai Zhang do to offend you? He's in his room crying. Please tell me. He might have been uh, indignant. He may have been uh, scolding him. The great teacher said, he himself knows. Go ask him. <laughs> the attendant returned to Bai Zhang's hut and said to him, the master says that you already know, so I should come here and ask you. At which Bai Zhang laughed out loud. Now the attendant is completely flummoxed. A moment ago you were crying, so why are you laughing now? Bai Zhang said, my crying a moment ago is the same as my laughing now. The attendant was bewildered by Bai Zhang's behavior. The next day, Mazu went to the hall to address the monks. Uh, just when the monks had finished assembling, in other words, everyone was, this Han was playing, they were settling into their seats. Bai Zhang, his attendant, rolled up his sitting mat. In other words, it's like taking away the mat from the Tan. Matsu got down from his chair, and Bai Zhang followed him to the abbot's room. <coughs> Matsu said, Just now, <coughs> just now I hadn't said a word. Why did you roll up uh, the sitting mat? Bai Zhang said, Yesterday the master painfully twisted my nose. Matsu said, Is there anything special about yesterday that you've noticed? And then Bai Zhang, he's almost going to be caught in that division of time. He said, today my nose doesn't hurt anymore. To which Mazu said, then you really understand what happened yesterday. Bai Zhang then bowed and went out. Notice that after his awakening, he was crying painfully. Well, that's what we might do when we're in a great deal of pain. That too is perfect expression of Zen. Oh, oh. <coughs> Just this. We'll stop now and recite the four vows. <coughs> 